Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ruler Tech Podcast. I am your host, Dan Cavallari, and I am here in uh, Colorado on a lovely summer day. And I am uh, thinking, <laughs> as I'm sitting here in my garage, uh, getting ready for a very long ride this week that I'm desperately trying to get my body and my bike in shape for, <laughs> um, you know, it, it occurred to me that there's, there's a lot of little things that I can do to my bicycle to get it ready for a, for any really a race any long day on the bike in which I want to make sure everything is running smoothly and efficiently and and so much of efficiency you know we 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 come back to the drivetrain and there's a lot of ways that you can make your drivetrain more efficient uh, and I think one of the things that people latch onto in that regard is uh, chain lubes you know which chain lube is better which chain lube is more efficient which one is faster. So it's it's a tricky question, uh, and so I wanted to talk to the experts. And so today on the line joining me from uh, Boulder, Colorado, is Jason Smith, the CEO of Ceramic Speed's new company, Driven Technologies. Jason, how's it going? It's going great, Dan. Uh, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me. Now, Jason and I have we've chatted quite a bit about lubes and drivetrain efficiency and and all sorts of stuff. And so, some of this for us is is a discussion that you know, Jason, you and I have had many times before. And uh, Jason spent a lot of time uh, developing a lot of products for Ceramic Speed. And before that, uh, Jason, you did a lot of testing of various chain lubes. You were kind of the the, the premier. Uh, tester, as it were, of various lubes. And so there's probably nobody that I can talk to that knows more about chain lubes and drivetrain efficiency than you do. So um, thanks for joining me to talk about it. And let's let's start super high level here, super basic, or I guess low level. I don't know. Low level? High level. Anyway, let's start basic. <laughs> um, what What is the difference between a wet lube and a dry lube? All right. Yeah. Um, essentially, in the past, we want to talk about historical definitions. Dry was typically referred to the conditions um, and wet. So, uh, so if you're in the rain, uh, muddy conditions, you might want to use a wet lube. Uh, if you're on um, you know, clean conditions or, or dry ride, you might want to use a, a dry lube. And that's, that's changed a little bit recently with today's kind of uh, labeling and marketing practices. The dry and the wet is more of the the surface characteristics of the lubricant itself it doesn't really have too much to do with the type of riding conditions. Um, <laughs> and, uh, go ahead. So I was going to say, so the important thing to note there is that 
you know, there's a tendency to, it's a lot of confusion there. There's a tendency to think of a wet lube as, oh, I need this for wet conditions. And a dry lube is, I need it for dry conditions. That's not necessarily what it is anymore. Um, it is now uh, a matter of the characteristics of the lube itself. Uh, and, you know, that that's going to come back to, uh, for those of you listening, when you go to choose a chain lube, be sure you look very carefully on that lube. It should tell you what conditions it's ideal for. Uh, just wanted to get that quick point of clarification there. Yeah, and you're exactly right, Dan, is is for the, the cyclist out there, really read the, read the labels because it should say, you know, dry lube for certain conditions. And it really, you'll have two two separate um, descriptions rather than in the old days, just you know, dry lube for, for dry riding conditions. Um, yeah, so whenever a lube is selected, um, going back up to the first description on a bottle, you'll have uh, dry dry lubes and, and wet lubes. And and I'll try to keep this on a high level. As, as you mentioned, sometimes we can go to these hour, hour and a half conversations. <laughs> try <laughs> wet lubes. And I yeah. apologize to We've talked more about lubes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it pretty simple and theoretical. Yeah. Not, not yeah. really theoretical, but um, not go down the rabbit hole too much. But yeah, so when it comes to the difference between today's, say, dry and wet lubes, essentially it comes down to the, the surface characteristics of a lubricant. Um, after they're applied and, and after they dry, uh, most most dry lubes will go on wet because they come out of an applicator bottle, and then the, uh, the solvent, whether it's water or some hydrocarbon-based um, type, will evaporate, and you're you're left with the, the final surface characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, so wet lube is typically oil-based, and after a certain amount of time, it does not dry. It's it's designed to to stay wet, and dry lubes. Um, as they, they state, you put them on and they typically dry to some level of dryness. And I'll talk about this in a little bit is a dry lube isn't always 100% dry. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the consumer needs to be aware of, of you know, the marketing names just because it says dry it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's a dry lube. Mm-hmm. So, so even yeah. even within the differences between wet and dry lubes, there's differences within mm-hmm. dry lubes and dry, between dry lube and dry lube. And yep, lube and exactly. Lube. And and to yeah. to kind of give an example of that, um, there's certain dry lubes that are 100% dry after the, the solvent evaporates. When I use the term solvent, I, I don't necessarily mean like a chemical. Um, it could be a water if it's a water-based emulsion. That that would be the solvent. So we'll say when the when the liquid dries, it's 100% dry to the touch. And then there's there's some dry lubes that can be leave a little bit of an oil film. There's some dry lubes that are not necessarily oily, but can be tacky um, to the touch after dry. And that does make a difference because if a lube is not 100% dry, um, there's a tendency to, to pick up contaminants and things like that during the ride. So, um, you know, just something, something to be aware of as, as a, as a purchaser of dry lubes. Um, yeah, I'll go into a little bit about dry lubes and why they're, they're very efficient and especially why say in the last two or three years, there's been a lot of dry lubes that have hit the market. Um, and, and it's, it's not just because it's, it's a fad. There's some, some basic, um, say physics reasons of why dry lubes do really well on a bicycle chain when it comes down to efficiency. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll dive into that 
Um, and, and Dan, I, I can get rolling here. So, you know, just, just interject and stop me. If I start going to I'll, I'll throw up the flag and, and say, Jason, stop. <laughs> See, you can raise your hand, but I won't even notice because I'll be too busy talking here. No. That's true. That's true. I'll, I'll, uh, yep. I'll have to have somebody, one of your assistants come over and poke you or something. Yeah, call, call somebody up and go hit them on the head. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so where, where the kind of dry lube, um, you know, change, occurred was really started back in, um, let's see here, 2013, I guess, when Friction Facts was started. And we were doing these tests and um, we had that the kind of infamous test uh, that was the 50 lubricants and um, just, just picked a wide variety of lubricants. So we wanted to test them. And in that test, one of the lubricants that we decided to test was straight food grade paraffin wax. So High quality, yeah. high purity, dry product. And the reason that we tested that was because in the 70s, um, and I always a, a breaking away, one of the, the movies uh, from the 70s actually had somebody, yeah. um, uh, you know, uh, putting their chain in a, in a melted pot of wax. So it, it wax has been known for a while as a, as, a, as a lubricant, but we didn't know, you know, if it was good or not. And to be quite honest with you, when we threw it into this test, we thought it was going to perform terribly because without any data of that point, it's like, Hey, yeah, yeah. Candle wax, you know, paraffin wax that you used to seal your uh, jam grandma used uh, that can't be very fast. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, why the heck would even somebody even use this in the seventies? So what we were surprised about with the results from that test was that paraffin wax tested the fastest out of all the 50 or so lubricants that were tested. And these were against the, the, the off-the-shelf claimed fastest in the world lubricants. And and that was that just floored us. We're holy mackerel. You know, what why you know what did we stumble upon? And more importantly, why is paraffin wax so fast? Mm-hmm. So what we found out, go ahead, Dan. Just as a point of clarification for those of you listening, uh, a lot of our listeners are across the pond from Colorado. (laughs) And so uh, Friction Facts, I just want to let you guys know that Jason's company, Friction Facts, uh, was basically your, it was just your, it was just you basically um, doing all this testing as under the moniker Friction Facts. And that was eventually bought by Ceramic Speed. And that's kind of how you ended up where you are, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think for six years, Friction Facts was an independent drivetrain efficiency testing lab. And Friction Facts was the only lab in the world that did this type of testing. So it really, in those initial years, we really discovered a lot about lubricants and, and why they perform like they do and so forth. So yeah, yeah. so that's that's where, if I reference Friction Facts, a lot of data comes from. Yep. So so and and just going back, that that um, efficiency test that you did was with Velo News Magazine, and, and it was mm-hmm. testing 50 lubes. This is going back, you said, to 2013, I want to say, right? Yep. Was that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was even before my time there. Um, and so things have changed a little bit since then, but it seems like wax uh, still has kind of remained one of those um, important uh, components of, of chain lubes. Um, mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit about why? Um, what yes. is it that, what yes. it makes it fast? So, so wax in and, of, in and of itself is not so much a spectacular lubricant, meaning lubricity characters aren't through the roof. It's a very good lubricant in general. And, and by that, I mean, wax is really a long chain hydrocarbon. 
So it's it's uh, like your your basic mineral oil is a long chain hydrocarbon. Wax is just a longer chain. So it, it's like mineral oil, pure mineral oil, but in a solid form. And just to give you an example, short chain hydrocarbons are pentanes and hexanes, and even gasoline, dodecane. Um, you know, pet, uh, oh, across the pond. Not sure if gasoline's the term. Um, but, uh, Petrol. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's actually a nine nine carbon length. Um, hydrocarbon chain. So mm-hmm. point is, is that, that paraffin wax is actually, it's a decent lubricant and it, it's kind of like mineral oil, but just in solid form, but mm-hmm. in and of itself, it's not spectacular. So why are these numbers so great? So what we learned is um, one of the things that will slow a chain down, which will decrease its efficiency is viscous drag and stiction between the surfaces. And when you get a liquid lubricant, the lubricant, let's say it's it's super fast. Say you pick a liquid lubricant that has the highest lubricity ever in the world, you know, the unobtabium, unobtabium liquid lubricant. Mm-hmm. Problem with the liquid lubricant is that when these chain parts move back and forth, there's viscous drag that's created as the lubricant acts between the moving surfaces and in, internals of the chain. And that viscous drag actually acts to slow the chain down because the chain is 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 pushing through um, you know a thicker uh, fluid yeah and with wax it's completely dry so there's zero or and I shouldn't say wax let's just say a dry lubricant in general um, there's zero viscous drag with a um, dry lubricant mm-hmm. so that that's one component of it the other component is what we call stiction Mm-hmm. And cyclists that are um, mountain bikers or off-road see stiction in their suspension components. And, you know, there's there's four coils and things like that that aim to reduce stiction. And what stiction is, it's the force that needs to be overcome when two parts are slid against each other. Yeah. And yeah. stiction forces are always higher than dynamic friction. So um, liquid lubes typically exhibit high levels of stiction. Um, and that's that's another detriment to the liquid lubes. Um, and let's step back a second. So somebody might say, wow, you know, one, let's talk about stiction in a bicycle chain. It can't be that much energy or work required to, to bend one single chain link. However, when you look at the chain as a system, let's just count through this. If somebody's spinning at 95 cadence of 95 RPM, and there's 53 teeth on that front link. That's quick math. Plus there's eight engagements and disengagement points on that chain as it engages and disengages the front ring, the two pulley wheels, and then the rear cassette. So all of a sudden it it comes out to about 40,000 articulation points in one minute. So even though it's a small amount of work or energy that goes into moving one link of a chain, it's really 40,000 of those a minute. So stiction and viscous drag can really add up. Why, hello there. Podcast interruption alert, but I will only take a few short moments to say that if you're enjoying this podcast, you will love the regular magazine. So if you're not a reader already, then you can subscribe at ruler.cc for as little as six pounds per month. If you don't speak Northern Irish, that's six times 100 pennies. And for the price of a few coffees, you get regular columns from the wonderful Ned Bolting, myself, Orla Shinnewin, 
Genoey and some of the very finest independent cycling journalism there is, all wrapped up in a wondrously beautiful publication. Go to ruler.cc. I'll leave you to it. So let me let me ask you then: Is um is is does that make a dry lube across the board uh, the better choice for a chain lube? Should I always be using a dry lube? Nope. Um, so this is where it comes down to the manufacturers. So how? Let's see here. There's there's good dry lubricants and bad dry lubricants. But the good lot, the good dry lubricants will always be faster than a liquid lubricant. So meaning when you look at say the chart of the, the top 50 lubricants, you might have liquid lubricants in the middle. On the most efficient side, you'll have a handful of high quality, very efficient, very fast dry lubricants. However, this is what I'm trying to get at is on the other side of the slow scale, there's some dry lubricants over there that even though they're dry, they're, they're still not very fast. And, um, yeah, and, and, and that's, that's where I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a listener just yeah to say, Hey, I'm going to go to dry lube because it's fast. You need to purchase uh, a reputable lube, one that's been through testing and, um, has the credentials that, yeah, it is fast. It's not just some, some dry lube that has a dry label. Like for instance, some of the slower dry lubricants that we originally tested, what's, what happened with those is in order to get them dry, a lot of manufacturers would put a small amount of lubricant and a lot of solvent. So when the solvent would evaporate away, yes, it'd be dry, but there wasn't a good amount of, of base lubricant in there. So it actually wasn't that fast. Um, so, so that's just something that, uh, Consumer might have to look out for, and then now on the other side, on the really, the really fast dry lubricants, and this is you know fast meaning in a testing situation. And we'll we'll in a second here I'll get into what happens when when a cyclist is out actually out on the road with contaminant and grit and so forth. Um, that's where you get the the high quality lubes that have perfect blend of solid lubricants and the solvent, whether it's water-based emulsion or, or something else. And the, the blend of the lubricant itself is extremely fast. And we talk about paraffin a lot, but there's that was kind of where it got started. But there are also a fair amount of additives and different types of waxes and trace oils that will go into um, some of these bases. And I'm, I'm speaking specifically on like ceramic speeds, UFO drip product it's it's not just paraffin there's there's a a fair amount of stuff in there that we can't that i can't disclose but it makes the base wax which is really really fast and it's a water-based emulsion so the the water evaporates off and leaves the 100 percent dry very fast base wax um so that's that's from the get-go that's kind of the explanation i'm thinking if i missed anything of why dry lubricants can be faster if if they're you know a proper base so here's a question for you then um you know the the inclination of a consumer is to go into the bike shop and say um i I need chain lube i want one that's fast uh which one should i get Um, and the answer to that is usually well it depends on where you're going to be riding in and what conditions um is that true i mean do do the conditions matter 
Yeah, it, definitely conditions matter. Um, I'll give you an example is some some lubricants, some of these dry lubricants I mentioned are, are can be tacky. Uh, they can have an oil film on them. So if you're in a track, say, you know, very clean ride or indoor track scenario, that might not matter as much. Um, but if you're, say, say on a road or, and we'll get into gravel in a second, say a typical road ride, um, it might not matter as much either. You, you still want a, a very dry lubricant that, because once you get the tackiness or the oil film, it's going to pick up um, contaminants from the road. When you start getting into, say, you know, a gravel ride or something where there's a fair amount of dry contaminant, that's where um, you'd really want to use a, a completely dry lubricant. Because what happens is what I just talked about the last 10 minutes was in pure, let's say, lab conditions right from the start. But that only lasts for a couple of seconds for, you know, a real world application as the cyclist then starts riding. So, so, and that's, that's another, another reason that dry lubricants are better in general than wet, because if you have a wet lubricant, it's, it's a no brainer. That's going to act like a grit magnet right away. Um, it, you know, it'll, it'll pick up a lot of, of road grime. So the other aspect of dry lubes that's good to remember is during the ride itself, dry lubricants, generally speaking, will keep their friction lower, keep their efficiency higher for longer as that ride progresses. Mm -hmm. So is there, is there a, a situation in which a wet lube is preferable or, I mean, because to me, it sounds like dry lube is the way to go in some form or another, as long as you're using one that's you know, been tested and is, is good and, and actually living up to the promises it makes. There's a couple, there's a couple of dry lubes out there, um, that are, that are pretty good. And, and we've tested them in like UFO drip and some other products out there that are pretty, pretty decent in say rainy conditions and so forth. However, there are, um, dry lubes are not the complete answer for say really nasty conditions. I'll give you an example is if you're in a you know, really rainy situation, in that case, you might want to put a thicker wet lubricant on just because for its its surface characteristics that it might stay on the chain a little bit longer during, say, a long um, ride in the rain. And that comes down to one of the things with dry lubes is they, they work very well because they do have that thin film and they don't have the viscous drag. However, in a torrential downpour, um, a thicker oil um, might might do a little bit better. However, this is going to be sound weird, but water acts as a decent lubricant itself, and we used to test that. So even if even if um, you know the, a thinner lubricant might pull away, the the rainwater will act as a lubricant, and then as you, as it stops raining, your chain dries. Depending on the length of the rain, you're going to be in trouble, you know, even if a thicker oil, you know, came off off the chain. So you can see me dancing. You can hear me dancing around this a little bit because it really isn't a, there really isn't a solid answer. When you're in nasty conditions, Dan, um, it, it's yeah. just tough because it's an exposed drivetrain, right? You're, you're getting things thrown on, you know, a mechanical system. So um, if it's really nasty, there it, you know, could be a good situation 
for a, a thicker wet lube. But other than that specific situation, dry lubes, 95% of your rides or more, unless you ride in the rain an awful lot, are going to be the answer. I have two questions for you. Um, one is, I mean, how much does this actually matter for people who are not necessarily, you know, racing at the world tour level? I mean, is is there enough of a difference for it to matter if I'm just going out for my daily ride and maybe chasing a chasing a KOM? Yes, and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because even even with let's talk about cleanliness is is with dry lubricants the the grit and the grime buildup just doesn't occur on the chain. So just for for basic maintenance purposes a dry lubricant is going to be so much better than a wet lube. Even let's say for, for an everyday cyclist that doesn't do KOMs or, or has never done a race and doesn't really care about efficiency, dry lubricants are the way to go. And also if, you know, Adam Karen does a lot with zero friction cycling for, um, you know, grit wear uh, of lubricants. And I think he'd agree that, that a dry lubricant, will also extend um, the life life cycle of the drivetrain because it doesn't attract uh, so much grit, which really, you know, it's like sandpaper on the drivetrain over time. So, yeah, so those are some advantages for a dry lubricant just for, for everyday cyclists. And I, I have another question that directly relates to that one because, you know, I, I would consider myself not a fast rider, not a slow rider, but a lazy rider. And so generally speaking, you know, I love the UFO drip that you guys put out because it's the fastest you can get in a drip bottle, but it also means you have to, you know, leave it overnight and make sure your chain is clean and all this. Um, so, you know, there's days where I'm willing to do that, but there's other days where I just want to throw on some lube and go. Um, and I guess one of the, one of the things that I have always heard for years and years and years is that you need to stick with one or the other. Uh, when you have a chain, you know, you, you either choose dry lube and use that dry lube or you choose a wet lube and you use that wet lube. You don't switch between the two. Um, is that true? And if, if I did want to switch between lubes or anything like that, I mean, can I just do like an ultrasonic clean on my chain and it should be good as new or, you know, what's, what's the general rule there? Yep. Yep. So it's a excellent question. So you can switch back and forth, but there's some caveats, right? Um, so it, you want to clean your chain first. So let's do the scenario if somebody's running a wet lube and then they use a product such as UFO drip. What's going to happen is you have this base of, say, a, a fluid, a wet oil, and then a solid, well, it's a liquid that goes on, but then the, the water evaporates and now you have a solid that's miscible with that oil because they're both essentially hydrocarbon based then a paste builds up and that's one of the worst case scenarios. So, so to put a dry product on top of a wet lube, that that's a nightmare. Um, that's just not good. Um, you'll get kind of this goopy paste. We've done it and yeah, it's just a, a bad situation. So the best thing to do is you want to, you want to clean that chain completely. Uh, ultrasonic cleaning is in our opinion, the best way to really get your chain clean. And if you were to use an ultrasonic cleaner, yes, it, it, it will remove uh, existing lubricants inside everywhere. And then you can start with essentially raw bare metal and put a dry lubricant on it. But you don't have to do an ultrasonic clean. Um, you can keep the chain on the bike and just do a very thorough cleaning. 
Uh, for instance, I'll put a plug in for our product. We have UFO Clean product, which is biodegradable and non-toxic. And that, that cleans a chain good enough that you won't, it'll remove the existing oils and grit and grime and won't have that pasty buildup when like UFO drip is put on top of that. So long, long-winded way of saying, if you're going to go back and forth, regardless of a product, just make sure your chain is very clean um, before a dry product is put on it. Mm-hmm. So you can switch between them, but it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost more work for you in the end. You have to make sure it's super clean yeah. uh, before you make yep. those switches. Or, you know, now, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw in a challenge to that is if somebody is using a wet lube, their chain is more likely to get dirty from the contaminants being attracted by that wet lube. So they might have to clean that chain more often anyway. So maybe, but yeah, my opinion here, put a little more time into getting the chain clean up front and then continue with dry lubricant might actually save some time in the end. Okay. So, you know, Jason, this is, this shouldn't be shocking to you, but we've already spoken for almost a half hour here. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Sorry. So you, you and I tend to go on, don't we? Uh, <laughs> I know. Um, I told, I was like, Dan, don't let me go yeah. on beyond a half hour, please. <laughs> we, we could seriously talk for another hour about this easily, but, um, I do want to keep this sort of uh, simple for folks. I mean, at knowing all of this now, and it sounds to me like for most riders, a dry lube is kind of the way to go unless you're really going to be in some nasty, nasty conditions for a long time. Um, what, what advice, very simple advice, could you give people who are literally walking into their bike shop saying, I need lube, which one do I get? What's like the, uh, the base level uh, advice you can give them for picking the right, the right lube. Um, I mean, ceramic, of course the ceramic speed UFO drip product is available. And, um, there's, there's a couple of, there's a handful of other fast products and it really depends if the, the local bike shop carries them or not. And this, Dan, I wish I had a, a quick answer to that. Like, Oh, look for this and this. Um, right. one of the things I'll tell you is ceramic speed. We, we do testing of all the products and it's disclosed on our website. So what somebody might want to do is get on our website, what they can do their own, you know, uh, searches and, um, and make their own decisions. We have what the, the common competitors are, um, listed there in the wattage. So if for some reason, local bike shop doesn't have UFO drip or, want something else for whatever reason, they can actually look at that, that chart and pick what might be good for them um, mm-hmm. based on efficiency and some of the other dry lubes in there. Um, but yeah, I wish, I wish there was just a way for somebody walking in a bike shop to know. And unfortunately without, without data um, it really isn't a good way because there's a lot of claims out there on the bottles. Just don't, don't go for a dry lube in general. And I would say, you know, just as a general rule, I mean, if, if, if you're listening out there and you're just, you're hoping that something will come out of this podcast where you can say, I just need my drivetrain to go faster. Well, geez, just be better about cleaning it. Um, that that's probably the best thing you can do, whether you do wet lube, dry lube, whatever, clean it more often, clean it with better product. Um, that's probably going to do the most to get you that added efficiency that you're seeking out. Do you, would you agree oh, with that? Jason? 100% Dan, we, um, a couple of years ago, we put out just a basic, yeah, ways to be faster on race day. 
And one of them was never race on a brand new chain. I don't know if your listeners know that because with the um, just a, a simple breaking on a chain makes it a lot faster. But I think the second one then is just to clean your chain because a li- yeah. little bit of grit and grime, you know, 10, 20 miles worth of grit and grime will really add a few watts to your chain. And that's mm-hmm. that's enough of a difference, you know, that, that you slather on a fast lube on top of a dirty chain you know, it's really not going to be worth it. So, so yes, just start with a clean drivetrain, even, even though I'm, I'm anti wet lube personally, um, <laughs> even just you know, a clean drivetrain really will help. And then put your favorite lube on. But if you do a clean drivetrain and then one of the better dry lubes, you're, th- th- that's two, that's two of the biggest steps right there. So, yep. Yeah. So for those of you listening, the best thing you can do right now is, is check out the information on Ceramic Speed's website, do a little shopping around, uh, and, and just research what claims brands are making, see if there's been any independent testing uh, and all that stuff is you can just hop on Google and do a lot of that. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, you, not all lubes are created equally, but I think the general takeaway here is that, you know, both lubes have some value. Dry lube seems to be more appropriate for most riders. And really, honestly, if, you, if you're looking for that efficiency, clean, 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 clean your drivetrain, uh, clean the pulleys and your derailleurs, you know, that's going to be the best thing you can do uh, to improve the efficiency of your drivetrain overall. Uh, and I think, you know, Jason, it sounds like you agree with me on that point, which, you know, that makes me feel smart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just keep it clean. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason, if, if people do have questions about this, uh, uh, is there a way they can reach out to you or ceramic speed on uh, social media? Um, yeah, they, they sure can. Um, we're on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and there's also on the main ceramic speed, uh, webpage, there's a contact and, uh, you know, a contact form and any of the listeners can just put in, I, I've got a question for Jason, and um, it'll, it'll come right to me or the appropriate person. And we're really good about getting back to people with their technical questions. So, yep, yeah, that's the, the way to reach us. Awesome. And uh, for those of you listening, if you want to ask me any questions or just call me names on the on the social media, you're welcome to do that. I am at Brown Tie Dan on uh, Twitter and Instagram mostly. Uh, and of course, you can reach out to Rulor Magazine at Rulor Magazine on the social media. Uh, and we'd be happy to help you out with uh, any questions you might have on you know the topic we covered today or any of the any of the other topics we've covered on the Rulor Tech Podcast so far. And of course, if you've got suggestions for topics you'd love for us to cover on the roulette, rule, oh my gosh, <laughs> Rulor Tech Podcast, uh, I'd love to hear those. Uh, we want to answer the questions that you uh, have for the industry pros. Uh, Jason, thank you again for joining me today. It's it's always a pleasure to to chat uh, lubes, and we might need to do like seven or eight I more know. episodes because <laughs> a half hour just with you and me, I man, know. a half hour is just not enough time. No kidding, I love it. I know. So, yeah. Uh, Thanks for the opportunity, Dan. And uh, yep, uh, we can do this again. All right. We'll talk soon. And for those of you listening, thank you for listening today. And we will catch you on the next episode. So my name is Oren Peleg, and I'm an investor in Lacquer. Three things that really caught my eye. The first one is, is they're looking to change the insurance industry, which is a very large industry and I think needs change. The second thing is, is I'm deeply passionate about getting people on two wheels. We need to address our congestion and pollution crisis, and I believe that two wheels have a massive role to play in that. 
And the third thing is, I can see a growing trend around companies building on the strong communities that they have. And I think Lacquer's business model in the way they tap into the community of cyclists is something that's very much on trend at the moment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.